Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I want to greatly appreciate you for listening to another episode. So we missed the last one. We had a little bit of a, I had a little bit of an emergency with the family, but my mother's doing fine. It just took a lot of time and a lot of, um, it just took a lot of my time to, to help get her taken care of, but everything's good. Uh, what happened has been diagnosed, and it is just basically uh, just you know waiting for her knee surgery, basically, is what it is, to make sure that she's good to go for a little bit longer to make sure you know that her quality of life gets better and all that kind of stuff. So, But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and start getting into the episode. If you haven't already, go ahead and check out our social media. We are everywhere to a lifestyle. We are on Facebook and Instagram is where we are most active. We're also on uh, TikTok, uh, MeWe, Twitter, everywhere. Uh, the only thing is, uh, it's the number 2A lifestyle except for Instagram where 2 is spelled out. So go ahead and check us out. Keep up to date with what's going on. See some funny memes. Uh, get breaking news. All that kind of stuff in between podcast episodes. <clears throat> Also, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Uh, that is where our main support comes from. Uh, if you, you know, support us on Patreon, I greatly appreciate it. It goes directly into this podcast. None of it comes into my own pocket. It goes directly into making this a better episode. And after this, I'm going to be recording my first Patreon episode. So go ahead and check that out if you want to get, you know, what is up to date. Now with Patreon, what I'm going to do, uh, you know, this episode is mainly just kind of like news and what's going on in the gun industry. And the Patreon episode is going to mainly be just me kind of giving opinions, talking about what's going on, all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and check out on Patreon. It's greatly appreciated. Also, go ahead and leave us a review if you can. It's the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content podcast on their podcast platform. iTunes and Spotify. Spotify, you just leave us a star, you know, five-star if you think we're a great podcast. Greatly appreciate it. iTunes, if you leave us a review, if you could just type out one word like good or great you know, or even just a single sentence, that's what really drives the algorithm for iTunes for us to be in people's ear holes when they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platforms. So I greatly appreciate any reviews you guys leave us. Uh, and with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the show. As with anything, you know, we're always going to talk about the shooting sports to start out any podcast because that is the main reason where, you know, you know, people that are brand ambassadors and people that are not, in, you know, maybe familiar with shooting uh, can really get a good grasp of the benefits and the camaraderie and the community that the shooting industry is. So that's where we start every podcast, and the first thing we're going to talk about comes to us from Amelin, and it is, uh, you know, the headline is, uh, Daniela D'Angelo joins Team Remington. Now, uh, Daniela D'Angelo uh, is all, she's a three-gun competitor, but also she's kind of 
like, you know, social media famous a little bit. You know, just she's basically, um, I don't want to say she's a gun bunny because she can shoot, you know, but I mean, I guess some people could see her that way, but I don't think that is a correct assumption for her. But she's a very talented shooter, uh, and she was able to capture, you know, the interest of the shooting community through her social media. And she's also uh, a younger person, so she is, you know, grabbing the attention of younger generation shooters, and that's why Remington stated that they did went ahead and bring her on, uh, part of Team Remington. Uh, she has a huge uh, platform uh, across various social medias. Uh, she is on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok uh, is where she's mainly you know, mainly uh, posting, so check her out there. <clears throat> Next thing we're going to talk about uh, is, well, i tell you what, if I can pull it up. I'm trying something a little bit different where I got everything kind of separated in different windows and stuff anyway so the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, walk the talk American MKS supply partner on mental health awareness now this is a big thing because whenever there are um, you know I you know like gun grabbers gun control activists all that kind of stuff whenever they bring up um, firearms deaths the majority of those firearms deaths that they bring up are suicides and mental health is, is a very big problem in this country uh, just because of the fact that you know obviously mass shooters whenever they you know go off and, and do their mass killings uh, they obviously are going to have some sort of mental health problem in my mind especially the ones that the media grabs the uh, you know the headlines for I mean most mass shooters are just kinda like gangland shootings because you know whenever they do those shootings they want to inflict the max amount of damage to their rival competitors for whatever it is so uh, but you know mass shooters that like I said grab the headlines obviously those people have mental health issues so walk talk American MKS supply partner on mental health and MKS supply <clears throat> if you aren't familiar with uh, who they are, they are the marketer and distributor for High Point Farms, but also for uh, Barnall Ammunition, Inland Manufacturing, and Full Force Gear. So what they're doing uh, is, you know, this is good stuff, and we always definitely want to highlight people uh, when they do good, and this is a good thing. Uh, you know, they felt it's very important to support mental health awareness, not only in the firearms community, but also in every community. So uh, they are, an, you know, Walk Talk America is a focused organization to help uh, accomplish that goal and they're happy you know that MKS supply um, partnered with them in this so uh, you know the walk talk of America is actually the brainchild uh, of the firearms industry uh, veteran Michael Sedoni uh, he spearheaded the movement within the firearms industry first off to bridge the, you know the gap between the mental health and responsible firearm ownership to help reduce suicide by farm and gun violence so what they do is uh, through educational programs, podcast training pro uh, programs, Walk Talk America is paving way uh, for educational or educating mental health professionals about gun culture and breaking down the negative stigmas around mental health for gun owners. Because you know there is a huge stigma uh, in regards to this because a lot of people think that whenever they get mental health treatment that they might not be able to um, you know own their farms anymore or they might. Uh, you know have some sort of barrier to own farms in the future and that was a huge goal of theirs is to prevent this stigma to make sure that that is not a problem anymore uh, for people you know if you seek mental health treatment yourself 
you will not be you know prevented from owning farms in the future so that's a, a good thing in regards to that uh, and definitely like I said want to make sure that we highlight the people that do good work for that uh, the next story we're going to be talking about is let me pull it up got it I don't it's gonna take some time getting you know used to this new format anyway Next story comes to us from Amland. Six Hour raises over 125,000 for honored American veterans uh, afield. <clears throat> God, sorry, folks. Uh, Six Hour, you know, they what they did is they uh, it's a tournament that is held August 5th in uh, Newington, New Hampshire. It's an annual event hosted by Six Hour uh, in support of this organization. And what they've done is during this event, you know, when they first started in 2016, they were able to raise $7,000. And then this year was a record setting where they were able to raise $125,000. Uh, and what uh, HAVA is, it's a uh, organization, uh, 501c3, founded in 2007 by a group of executives from the hunting and shooting industry, which helps disabled veterans and injured active duty military returning from war. Uh, by healing and reintegrating them back into everyday life through participation in outdoor activities. Uh, that includes guided hunts, shooting events, and outdoor activities all across the country, hosting uh, hundreds of veterans every year. So it's good stuff. I'm glad six hours uh, doing that. Like I said, anytime that somebody does some good, we're going to highlight it on here, and that's just a, a great thing. So. Uh, let's go ahead and start getting into some good news and some not so good news. Uh, that's going to be it for uh, the, the shooting industry and the shooting community uh, and the shooting sports. So, ATF uh, confiscation going door to door demanding solve tra solvent trap components. Now, this has been everywhere, but this particular article that I'm reading comes to us from Amaland. And you probably, if you're on social media, you've seen the video of the ATF and uh, local police officer uh, from where this person that recorded the video <clears throat> went to his house. And basically what they were doing uh, is they were wanting to, uh, and we've already talked about this in regards to ATF agents going to uh, owners of the uh, FRT, the forced reset 15 triggers and confiscating them but now they're also going after solvent traps and in the video if you haven't already seen it um the atf agents were talking about uh and it, it's pretty fucking disgusting honestly so the atf agents went there and they're trying to enter the man you know trying to get permission from the man's home to enter and uh the man refused and the atf agent basically said hey we're going door to door you know we're going to these people that have ordered these solvent traps because they can be turned into suppressors and that's illegal to do so without the NFA tax stamp and the guy basically said go away come back with a warrant go away come back with a warrant I mean he kept saying it repeatedly 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 over and over and uh, you know the ATF agent was just trying to strong arm, arm themselves into like giving the guy you know having the guy giving them permission to enter his home and he wasn't having any of it. And honestly, what he should have done, you know, after he told them probably two or three times, he probably should have just shut the door and that would have been the end of the conversation right there because anytime that they keep uh, knocking on his door and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, I mean, that could be considered legal harassment by a law enforcement, you know, agency. But, uh, you know, he was talking about, and, and then, you know, the guy even said, you know, I bet you, um, 
you know, watch out, my dog's here. And then the one of the ATF agents even made a joke uh, about, you know, shooting his dog. So it is just absolute fuck ridiculous. But this is what's going on. Uh, this is what's going on with the current administration and the current ATF direction. Uh, they are going door to door harassing uh, American citizens for th inanimate objects, things that hadn't even been, uh, you know, things that aren't even in been turned into illegal items yet. But just having them, uh, they're going door to door attempting, you know, confiscation. And it's only going to get worse. And with that, that's going to go ahead and get us into our, our next uh, story. But, you know, it goes on that. The ATF uh, is is asking for uh, an extra four million dollars uh, for face gun recognition, and so what is this? This is a uh, story again from Ambulan, and the ATF is about to force millions of gun owners to register pistol braces as short barrel rifles, which will then be regulated by the NFA. Uh, and this is going on. There is currently a grace period going on right now to where you, if you have a pistol brace. It will be considered a short-barreled rifle when the new ATF uh, ruling comes out, and they're trying to get people to register their uh, their pistol braces uh, because if they do this, then they won't get the normal $200 fee for an NFA tax stamp. That's what the ATF is claiming, but they are going in you know in this for uh, a registration basically because once there is because the ATF cannot make law so the ATF is doing this uh, like basically making law and so what they're going to do is they're going and there's something called uh, God I'm trying to remember it's like um, post fact ex, ex post facto uh, which is in the Constitution which is basically saying that you cannot charge somebody for a um, a crime that was legal when it occurred, uh, but after the law has passed, it is now you can't go back them and charge them for that crime. But what I can see the gun controlling politicians, uh, the gun control politicians do, is they're going to get this registration because the ATF is making this arbitrary law, basically saying pistol braces are now short barreled rifles, which in the past. They have ruled that pistol braces are not short barrel rifles, and it's gone back and forth a couple times. Well, it hasn't gone back and forth, but basically before the ATF has said, you know, pistol braces are not short barrel rifles as long as you don't shoulder them, as long as you use them for intent purposes, and then they said, well, it, it doesn't matter. It does, it's not a short barrel rifle. But now with this new ATF ruling, uh, they're saying it doesn't matter whether you shoulder it or not, the pistol brace is a short barrel rifle. <clears throat> and they are making you uh, registered as an SBR. So they're trying to do this to, to get a headcount of people that have them and don't have them. And I guarantee you, uh, through like we've seen with FRT uh, and bump stocks, is that there's some sort of online, you know, digital, a digital uh, list of people that have purchased these online because ever since this has come out I know of a ton of people that have bought these things because they wanted to go ahead and get as many as they can before they're deemed illegal and a lot of these manufacturers are 
getting rid of these things quickly basically just making sure that they don't have a loss on selling these pistol braces because if they still have them in stock they're going to have to sell them or, or destroy them or they're going to have to sell them with that $200 tax stamp and that is not you know if you're going to have the $200 tax stamp you might as well have a, a regular short barreled rifle so uh, there's been I, some sort of online collecting of what people are buying uh, and there's more stories going on like this in the future that I can talk about and you'll see how this is all tied together but you're seeing where the you know I got this fucking mute button I'm gonna start muting myself every time I cough I'm sorry goddamn I keep forgetting I got this mute button anyway so uh, the ETF is doing this and they're trying to have this amnesty so that way you can go ahead and register it but what's going to happen and what their plan is is in the future once the gun controlling politicians you know the democrats you know the turncoat republicans all that kind of stuff turncoat politicians period basically but what they're planning on doing i guarantee you and you watch this and go ahead and take my word for it is that they are going to pass a law banning the possession of these items from people and they're going to have that registration and registration leads to confiscation just write you know write it down and there's something to be said about the common use clause because I believe that once this ruling goes down, you know, the FPC, the GOA, uh, Second Amendment Foundation, uh, the National Gun Owners Association, they're going to um, file a lawsuit and it's going to end up going to the Supreme Court. And I hope that the Supreme Court, in its current makeup, is going to side with the Second Amendment like they have done recently because inanimate object. I mean, this is going to make hundreds of thousands of people automatic felons. It's That's what it's going to do. It's going to make hundreds of thousands of people automatic felons because what they're doing is they're trying to make something that was legal now illegal. Now, bump stocks, uh, you know, bump stocks were still relatively new when that bump stock ban came down into place. And I believe that they are trying this out and they're trying to you know with, with the pistol permits or with the, not the pistol permits fuck the pistol braces uh they've been around now for probably a decade or more you know i remember six sour was the first one to kind of come out with that pistol brace and then you had um you know the other brands come out and uh become more and more popular so pistol braces have been out for around a decade and bump stocks are around maybe for a year or two maybe three i think um, at the max before they were banned so they didn't really have a humongous common use like in the uh, Heller and Bruin cases said you know things that are under common use uh, cannot be banned so uh, with common usage I wonder it with the pistol braces if that's going to go into effect only time is going to tell in regards to that but this is just stuff that I have just kind of wheels spinning in regards to this so uh, there's also uh, talk of let me go to this one right here um, additional things in regards to the ATF and basically you know there's been lawsuits in regards to the Hunter Biden uh, gun buy because he effectively lied on his uh, 4473 which is a government document uh, it's the background check that you have to fulfill before you purchase any firearm 
and you know on there it says do you use any sort of illegal narcotics basically you know are you a drug addict because that is a disqualifier for purchasing a firearm and if you've you know paid attention any to the fucking news uh, you notice that Hunter Biden is indeed in fact a drug user uh, because his video he likes to video himself every time that he's walking around naked smoking a crack pipe and because of that you know we effectively know through the leaks that he is a drug user so he lied on his 4473 uh, in regards to that and the ATF is basically just stopped invest you know they're, they're saying they're not going to investigate it because you know the ATF goes after people for straw purchases they go after people um, that uh, are deemed mentally effective and lie on 4473s because that's mentally defective that's something else that is kinda not <clears throat> put on uh, the the uh, the NICS check in regards to your background investigation sometimes that gets missed and the ATF goes after those people and they charge them they seize their guns and stuff like that but they're not going after hunting Biden on Hunter Biden and the court uh, for the United States District Court of Columbia concluded uh, David Cordra versus the BATFE which is the Bureau of Alcohol Tobacco Farms and Explosives but they like to shorten it to ATF so that way they look like a cool three-letter agency uh, themselves uh, and they said that it ended the legal effort started in August 2021 and granted the ATF uh, its wish that the case involving Hunter Biden is dropped so it's all about these rules for thee and not for me that's always what it is and including in that rules for the not for me there's another story uh, it's not really in regards to the ATF but I it just goes along perfectly with that because whenever you and I break a rule they're gonna come after us with a, an iron fist you know if the solvent traps the FRT triggers things like that <clears throat> but uh, this LA mayoral candidate um, doesn't seem to follow her own rules either and we've known politicians aren't going to follow their own rules because they want to disarm you but they're still going to have their armed security with you know standard capacity magazines but they call them high capacity magazines they're still going to have security that have it's depending especially on who you are with uh, you know their quote-unquote assault rifles uh, which are just you know standard modern sporting rifles with uh, semi-automatic uh, capabilities and probably in some of them they probably do have fully automatic rifles especially in regards to like Nancy Pelosi uh, Chuck Schumer uh, Kamala Harris Joe Biden you know the Secret Service has fully automatic weapons that they're using to protect them uh, but the uh, title of this article from Amelin, Gun Theft Highlights uh, Cognitive Dissonance of Democrat L.A. Mayoral Candidate. And this mayoral candidate's name is Karen Bass. So uh, Bass's communication director confirmed to the Times that guns belong to the congressman and said that they were secured in a Brinks lockbox, said the weapons were legally registered. But yet... Uh, Karen Bass is committed to governing, you know, she says Karen Bass is committed to governing with gun sense as a priority, a project of Every Town for Gun Safety Action Fund and Every Town for Gun Sa uh, Safety Victory Fund and Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense declares that uh, she was proud of her F grade from the NRA and she says Los Angeles deserves a mayor we can trust to stand up to the gun lobby and not cower before them. Yet, 
she has her own personal firearms. Probably firearms that she doesn't want the general public to have. Also, if these people went to the great lengths of breaking into a lockbox just to steal guns, but they left cash, electronics, and other valuables. Uh, all they did was break in and get the guns. Uh, they said that they considered, you know, the guns were in an easily uh, carried lockbox to be safely and secured stored. Uh, though that does not, you know, go along with what her boosters at Michael Bloomberg's Every Town considered to be common sense gun safety. So basically, she had her firearms in this lockbox, but not secured to anything. It could just be carried off and broken into later. She also is a part of assault weapons bans, uh, all this other kind of stuff. So it's just the hypocrisy. It's what kills me. The hypocrisy of these politicians, uh, you know, that they had this going. Speaking of hypocrisy, this is another insane thing. So, you know, New York just passed a, uh, a bunch of uh, new gun control legislation. And uh, this comes to us from the Firearms blog. And this was a huge thing because uh, I was something, and reenactments was something I was into when I was in college just because my undergrad was in history uh, and I was, I'm was a huge history nerd so I love doing reenactment stuff. Um, but New York gun laws getting in the way of historical reenactments question mark. And it is. So there was uh, some letters written by uh, historical reenactment uh, organizations in New York after the gun legislation passed in New York because the legislation was so broad to try and curtail every firearm in New York that it ultimately also banned uh, historical firearms as well, flintlocks, uh, you know, percussion cap, muzzle loaders. It's absolutely insane. You know, saying that you got to have uh, all this, you know, prerequisites uh, for this. And, you know, even though in New York after the NYSRPC, you know, whatever, the New York State Pistol Rifle Association, NYSPRA, um, their Supreme Court case stated, you know, turn off states from a may issue to a shall issue, they're making it virtually impossible for people to get these permits because of all of their ridiculous requirements for these permits and you have to have these permits to even carry a flintlock uh, rifle or a flintlock pistol that is used for reenactments to the reenactment and multiple historical associations and reenactment organizations wrote letters to the New York government saying hey this law is, is fucking with us uh, I think you need to change it because it is getting in the way of historical reenactments and I know in places like New York historical reenactments are huge because uh, you have a, just a ton of history there uh, you know you have uh, the French and Indian Wars that happened up there you have uh, of course, the American Revolution that happened up there. You have um, the uh, also the War of 1812. Just had a, a ton of stuff going on up there. So uh, it is very interesting to see uh, what's going on with regard to historical reenactments and how basically the government fucked them over. And it's it's quite sad, but also funny to to see that happen. Um, the next thing that we're going to be talking about uh, that kind of goes along with what everything we have said so far um, and this is this is very interesting in regards to me uh, that you know there's been 
uh, Mark Zuckerberg was on Joe Rogan podcast. And I'm a huge consumer of podcasts, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this lonely old podcast, you're probably a consumer, a big consumer of podcasts as well. And I'm sure you probably listen to Joe Rogan podcast just because he has the largest, largest publishing platform in the world. It's you know bigger than CNN, Fox News, all of that. So uh, probably listen to Joe Rogan as well. And if you listen to the Mark Zuckerberg interview that he did, Mark Zuckerberg actually confirmed that the FBI came to Facebook and said, "Hey." Uh, we'd appreciate if you didn't uh, publish this story about Hunter Biden's laptop uh, because we think it's misinformation and uh, we don't want to, uh, you know, have people just, you know, giving out misinformation about the uh, election uh, and have it influenced the election is what they were saying. But basically they knew the whole time that the Hunter Biden laptop story was true, but the FBI came to Facebook and had Facebook, you know, do whatever the fuck they do with their algorithms to make sure people didn't see this story as much as possible. And this is a huge threat to the Second Amendment and free speech, honestly. So anytime <clears throat> there's going to be uh, news stories in regards to uh, either gun control or Supreme Court rulings or politicians and their speeches and thoughts on the Second Amendment, you know, these private organizations or even the federal government now because let me tell you this right now uh, a private organization can come to Facebook and say hey can you do this or that and Facebook can do it because it's a private company but as soon as a government agency comes to a private organization or private company and says hey we want you to do this uh, which you know restricts people's free speech at that point in time the government is broken the law and that company has broken the law. Even though it is a private company, as soon as the government asks them to do something, they are acting as an entity of the government. So I can't, you know, Joe police officer can't tell Joe citizen, hey, I can't do this, but can you go, like, you know, I can't go into, uh, uh, you know, Ray Ray's uh, house or car, but I know, I believe he's got, like, you know, a, a dead body in there, um, but I don't have a search warrant. But you can go in there and let me know that, hey, that there's a dead body in there, and then I can do something about it. I can't do, you know, Joe, Joe Police can't do that to Joe Citizen because at that point in time, Joe Citizen is acting as a entity of the government because he was ordered by a government official to do so. So this is going to get interesting. And I'm curious if anything is going to happen in regards to this because, like I said, literally... Um, the government broke the law, broke people's, you know, free speech, and they did this in conjunction with the private company, Facebook, Meta, whatever the fuck you want to call them, which is the largest social media uh, company in the entire world between, you know, Facebook and Instagram. And I'm interested to see if anything is ever going to come from this because uh, there's only, honestly, and the only reason we're finding out more about this is because <clears throat> uh, the attorney generals for i believe it's missouri and louisiana are filing lawsuits in in court orders against these social media uh platforms and they're seeing if the government reached out to them in regards to covid and from you know covid uh stuff basically saying hey uh 
this doesn't look good for us in regards to COVID. Can you restrict this particular uh, news story or whatever? And it's just only going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is scary for the Second Amendment because if they're allowed to get away with this, they're going to keep doing this and they're going to make it even more difficult for us to keep our rights in regards to this. This is something that we all need to pressure our representatives and our senators in the U.S. national level for this. And honestly, you can pressure your state attorney general's office to go with Missouri and Louisiana's attorney generals and make this more of an issue. Uh, like I said, only two state attorney generals are doing this. We need all law-abiding attorney generals from your state, you know, that are friends to the Constitution to go with these attorney generals because you know state attorney generals even though they have a large budget they still have a fixed budget and they're having to pay their attorneys on staff to to file this paperwork and for them to uh you know review all these documents because i guarantee you whenever they try and, and return the results you know they're doing it uh they're trying to drown the truth in a whole bunch of different uh chatter and, and white noise uh, to make it seem like, you know, hey, nothing's going on. But, like, you know, if you look at, like, the second paragraph, line four, on the 560th page out of page uh, 13,026, you're going to see that, oh, shit, yeah, the government colluded with private companies to censor media, you know, censor voices and to censor news stories that were unfavorable to them. And that's when we start getting into a dictatorial government and that's something that we need to be wary of because once the government can decide what we hear and what we see and what we consume which is almost it's it's almost happened in the past you know it, it's been treading the line but with the new wave of information we have with the internet with social media with mobile communications that's something that we need to preserve because that's something I believe that the government is more afraid of is they're more afraid of the people now because they have access to so much more information and they can't just watch the first three, you know, the only three news networks that only come on, you know, three times a day in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. And that's something that they're afraid of is because they're afraid of an informed populace because a dumb populace is easier to control. Let's go on and start getting on into the next story. The next story has to do with Biden doubles down on threat to ban assault weapons. Uh, again, this is nothing new. Uh, he has been talking about this his entire presidency, his entire, um, you know, fucking uh, candidacy. This is something that he has been promising that he wants to, to pass again because he was a huge part of the... 94 uh, crime bill, uh, which included, uh, you know, the incarceration of the majority of uh, minority people, uh, minority men in impoverished communities in America. But it also stopped, uh, you know, the manufacture and sale of modern day sporting weapons and standard capacity magazines uh, from the main pub, you know, main public. So. 
And another huge thing that has gone on, I'm saving this one for the last, so let me go back. Uh, this article comes to us from Amelian, uh, and Judge asked ATF and DOJ to weigh in on rare bead trigger patent case. So if you aren't familiar with what's been going on, Rare Breed Triggers uh, is sued Big Daddy Enterprises, which is the parent uh, company of Big Daddy Unlimited and Wide Open Trigger. The trigger manufacturer claimed that the giant firearms retailer ripped off the design of the Rare Breed FRT trigger for its wide open trigger. Uh, Big Daddy Enterprises obviously denied these allegations, claiming that the design of the wide open trigger was not based on any of Rare Breed Trigger's patents. But this judge uh, who... I didn't say the name of the judge, but anyway, the judge has asked for the ATF and the DOJ to weigh in on this, and this is pretty interesting because of the fact uh, that the judge noted in the request to the government agencies that neither party believes FRTs to be machine guns. Uh, you know, they stated that no party in these cases is asserted or can be expected to assert the triggers are illegal. In this, no party is briefed or can be expected to brief questions such as whether a party can recover for a patent infringement based on the sale of an illegal product. It's an interesting one. Uh, I'm curious to see where that goes just because of the fact that uh, I am, you know, how can you patent something and then, you know, I don't know, just fucking fuck Big Daddy Unlimited in, in the whole because Big Daddy Unlimited is also, uh, I don't know, just, there's just a whole bunch of shit stuff that I, I don't want to speculate on. Uh, on here, but there's just a whole bunch of bullshit going on with Big Daddy Unlimited. The next thing we're going to talk about is uh, there's been leaked NYPD documents uh, stating that basically assume all concealed carriers are criminals first. This comes to us from Amaland. And this was a document leaked by Project Veritas, uh, which shows that the New York concealed carry license uh, carrier, you know, concealed firearms carriers will be considered criminals to the NYPD until proven innocent. Uh, the leaked document originated from the Deputy Commissioner for Legal Matters, Ernest F. Hart's office. The documents show how the NYPD will handle encounters with gun-carrying public now that the Concealed Carry Improvement Act has gone into effect only a day after a federal judge said the law was unconstitutional but declined to block it. Uh, New York seems to be out to prove the judge's point. So. Basically, uh, what this memo states is that all concealed carry holders are guilty first and conduct searches of residents on the city's streets. Uh, you know, in these sensitive areas include government buildings or property used for government administration, court, city hall, city agencies, hospitals, doctor offices, places of worship, public libraries, playgrounds, zoos, facilities for child care, after school care, foster care, all public and private schools, all shelters for homeless. Uh, youth or domestic violence victims or where DV services are provided, adult care, nursing homes, or assisted living, public transportation, uh, any establishment where alcohol or cannabis is consumed, uh, in ground or uh, in or on the ground of performing arts centers, theaters, stadiums, arenas, etc., etc., any location used as a polling location, any public sidewalk or public area that is restricted from public access by a government entity, protest demonstrations, or Times Square. So basically, if you're in this area and you have a legal firearm on you, you will be considered a criminal first before you are allowed to uh, continue on with this. And it is, it is just ridiculous. New York has lost their fucking mind. 
Uh, next story we're going to be talking about, and I swear we're, we're getting into the good part. Anyway, um, Heller wins uh, case against D.C. ammunition restrictions. This is good stuff. Uh, this comes to us from Ameland. Uh, and if you aren't familiar with Heller, uh, Dick Heller is, you know, obviously from the famous Heller decision uh, back in the uh, earlier, uh, the 2000s, uh, which was, you know, the first huge firearms case that stood up for our Second Amendment rights. And uh, this case uh, is unconstitutional in the Second Amendment. The district code said uh, the section now, the section limits on how much ammunition an individual may carry for the purposes of self-defense. So before it says no uh, individual can carry amount of more than 20 rounds of ammunition. Uh, and that was ruled unconstitutional. Good stuff. That is amazing. Uh, the next thing we're also going to be talking about is court's rule for final ATF uh, rule using commercial sale loophole and what this is uh, two different federal courts and two different circuit courts have refused to grant preliminary injunctions against the ATF's final rule the final rule completely changes the definition of a firearm in federal law now this is this is uh, bad shit so uh, the ATF is trying to redefine what a firearm is uh, in regards to trying to get rid of 80% firearms uh, and you know uh, poly 80s, um, 80% lowers, all that kind of stuff, and it, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand how they're they're saying uh, this is you know not unconstitutional, uh, and this is basically those those ATF rules that I was telling you about, where the ATF basically just makes up laws on their own. Uh, this is something that's been going on for you know close to a, a century in regards to what you know regulation of commercial firearm sales. And at the earliest, you could say it started, you know, with the NFA, but then it went on to continue with the Gun Control Act in 1968, and it really didn't start until 1968 uh, because that's when everybody had to have, um, you know, background checks for firearms and commercial sales. But then, you know, recently people started making 80% lowers, so that way you didn't have to have a background check, but you could, you know, make it yourself. It's basically a DIY kit. It's almost no different than, like, say, for example, you go to, uh, like, Home Depot, and they have those kits for you to make your own birdhouse. You know, they're selling you the supplies to make a birdhouse. You don't have a birdhouse when you purchase that. Same thing with 80% firearms. It's, it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Uh, something else that the Biden administration has done that I think is uh, good and bad as well is that the this comes just from guns.com as well. Biden administration opens new lands for hunting, but not but only with non-lead ammunition. So, I mean, if you ha if you don't know this, most ammunition is lead. Now there are some ammunition that is uh, not lead based. And uh, this opens up, you know, this act opened 18 national wildlife refuges on approximately 38,000 acres, which is great uh, because with uh, hunting coming up, I am planning on doing uh, some hunting this year. I'm not usually a big hunter just because I hate the fucking cold so much, but it's something I've been wanting to get more into. Uh, and I've seen more deer on the roads uh, early this year than I have uh, any time before it started getting cold. So I think they're going to be really jumping this year. So I'm really looking forward to doing some hunting. I actually got myself a bow this week. And I'm going to try and get on the hunting early. Because uh, bow season for us starts in October. And gun season starts in November. So I'm trying to, to get in on it early. Uh, but this is just, you know, 
uh, just kind of bullshit. Make sure that they, you know, look good in the press. They are, you know, allowing people to hunt on this, but they're basically not allowing lead ammunition, which is great for bow hunters because a bow hunter, you don't have lead ammunition, but the majority of the country that hunts, they hunt with firearms uh, just because certain people, you know, might not have uh, the ability or the skill to hunt with a bow. So it's, you know, a, a gun is a lot easier for those people. So it's a, it's a mixed bag in my, in my book. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, Prairie Fire named as petitional acquirer of front site and bankruptcy filing. Uh, and this comes to us from Pew Pew Tactical. And if you aren't familiar with what front site is, front site is one of the OG tactical training companies in the country. They've been around for a really long time. Uh, you know, but, you know, they're. Are some people that will say like Front Sight is basically kind of boomer or fuddish uh, because because they were one of the first people that did firearms training uh, in the country. They were also uh, you know started with a lot of older training techniques and they really didn't evolve, which I kind of think is probably one reason why they went bankrupt. Um, but you know it it was kind of like an institution. It, you know Front Sight, even though they're easy to make fun of. Um, they were kind of the ones that paved the way. Like 1911s. People can make fun of 1911s so easy. Uh, but 1911s are one of the things that led the way towards uh, magazine-fed semi-automatic firearms. And they're a huge, um, like a huge, I guess, like bedrock of the firearms community just because of, of what they've done. And front sight's kind of the same way for firearms training. So, uh, but now Prairie Fire uh, is stepping in, and they're talking about doing a potential twenty-four million dollar deal to uh, keep front sight from completely going belly up in their uh, bankruptcy uh, process. And this could also save lifetime memberships, but because you know front sight is is a huge uh, place. It's five hundred fifty acres in uh, Nevada. And, you know, a lot of people, uh, they have like lifetime memberships there. So that way they can go there and take a bunch of different training. Um, but, you know, if they go belly up and those, those lifetime memberships were not cheap. I'll tell you that right now. They're like thousands of dollars. Um, but, you know, so it's, it's a good thing. I'm, I'm happy that somebody's going to step in. I don't know if they'll stay under the front site name, but it's good that somebody's stepping in and at least keeping that legacy sort of alive. Um, the next story we're going to talk about is uh, we're going to talk about the one that I've been talking, you know, kind of leading up to. And this comes to us from NPR and Guns.com. Uh, so, Guns.com. Uh, its title is credit card companies to specially code track and ammo track gun and ammo sales and the NPR's title is new credit card code is a first step towards preventing gun violence advocates say now if you aren't familiar with what this is is anytime you use a credit or even a debit card because it's under the same principles uh, when you purchase something it has a special code and you know that's why you know how you know they know whenever you see credit card companies say like earn five percent cash back on gas and groceries and stuff like that it's because those organizations that sell those products whenever they use their credit card service you know provider 
they you know have to say you know I am a grocery store or I am a gas station or I am a uh, auto uh, you know mechanics shop stuff like that and and this happened under Obama uh, you know they pressured credit card companies from moving firearms uh, sellers and manufacturers from uh, sporting goods which you know could be like Dick's uh, sporting goods and stuff like that because they sell like hunt camping equipment um, soccer golf whatever the fuck it is they moved specifically firearms to the same category as pornography so whenever you you know slid your credit card at a you know for a gun um, it was seen as the same category as that you purchased pornography under their credit card code so now they're getting a new credit card code for the credit cards companies to track um, and it's going under its own gun firearm code and the reason they're saying they're doing this is to prevent gun violence that's what credit card companies are saying but again this is something that um, politicians have pushed to private companies to do and and this is where you know I really and truly believe that if we started handing out prison sentences to every politician uh, that votes for unconstitutional measures then I think we're gonna prevent a lot of this bullshit from going on and I think we should honestly start going after the politicians that pressure these companies it's one thing if a like a you know a grassroots organization or a uh, chair you know charitable or lobbyist organization goes after companies but when uh, you know and there was there were several politicians that wrote comp you know to these credit you know wrote letters to these credit card companies saying you we need to do this to help prevent gun violence and the companies did this uh, so again that's kind of where the political pressure and these people acting as you know entities of the government in doing this uh, this is a fine line more so in regards to this because you know the government for some reason doesn't consider the second amendment an absolute absolute right you know whenever uh... you know you talk about freedom of speech or freedom of religion uh... and those go before courts for uh... violations of those rights those are considered absolute rights and those people that do that are uh... held to a higher standard for those rights but for some reason second amendment rights is not done that way but they are tracking how much you're spending at these places and what you're spending it on just like whenever you look at your receipt it sees you know five hundred fifty dollars Glock uh, you know four hundred dollars thousand rounds of nine millimeter stuff like that and they're actually creating a database these people are in regards to this and this is what NPR is, is coming on and this is all major credit card companies Visa MasterCard and American Express are all saying that they're doing this uh, they're categorizing sales at gun shops and they're saying that they're doing this to flag suspicious gun sales uh, and they're doing you know they're saying they're using these tools to recognize dangerous farm purchase uh, trends like domestic extremists building an arsenal and then they're gonna report these to law enforcement that's what the president for Everytown Gun Safety is saying. They're actually new So, I mean, like, they're flaunting this out in the open. Uh, you know, they are creating this database for gun purchases and ammunition sales. 
this is just fucking bananas. So, uh, they, you know, and it's not even just going to be like Joe Schmo uh, gun shop on, on the corner, like your local gun store. They're, they're doing this like the Bass Pro Shops. They're doing this to Gander Mountain. They're doing this to Academy Sports. So, all general sporting goods sell, uh, sell fishing gear, you know, camping supplies alongside farms. And what they're doing is, like I said, they're, they're seeing like, oh, so-and-so spent like $1,500 or $2,000 at this gun store. And they're going to report this to your local law enforcement. And th- this, is, this is a private company acting as an agent of the government. I don't understand how in the world that these people think that this can be constitutional. This is just absolutely fucking mind-blowing. I, I don't know why they think this would be okay to do. And, you know, you're fucked because, really, Visa, MasterCard, and American Express, those are the only people that run the fucking uh, debit and credit card systems. You know, you're not going to start your own fucking new debit or credit card company and, and be able to be accepted everywhere. Uh, because, fuck, even some places I go to, uh, like, they don't take American Express like Dairy Queen, like, you know, sometimes go to Dairy Queen with my family or my kids, they don't take American Express. They only take, like, Visa and MasterCard. And Discover is another one. I don't see Discover doing this, but I don't know if Discover maybe got bought out, uh, and they still have the Discover name, but, you know, whatever the fuck. Even, you know, all all these major, you know, credit card and debit card companies, like my bank, you know, for my debit card, it uses Visa. So, Visa runs that stuff. So, even if I use my debit card, Visa is still tracking that purchase and I don't understand how they think this is constitutional this is something that you need to talk to your representatives about get out there and do it next couple things we're talking about uh, I'm going to talk about one more kind of shitty thing before I start lightening the mood a little bit and this is just going on further and further into how uh, this is just telling you the mindset of these gun control politicians and what they think uh, this actually comes to from Ed Markey, who is the United States Senator from Massachusetts. This comes to from his website, actually, markey.senate.gov. Uh, Senator's call for FTC investigation of firearms industries, unfair and deceptive advertising. So basically, these senators, uh, which includes Richard Blumenthal, Chris Murphy, they're asking the Federal Trade Commission to investigate whether uh, firearms industry and uh they're advertising towards children basically is what they're saying and i don't see that at all i you know i see that they're honestly advertising to probably susceptible uh beta males in regards to some things that they do uh trying to make it look all tactical and and uh uh or survivor apocalypse ish type shit but you know i don't see them advertising towards children you know, and they're going to talk about, and this is including video games, popular musicians, television shows, uh, and even Santa Claus. That's what they're saying. They're even using Santa Claus to market the, you know, quote-unquote deadly products. Uh, and I don't see how this is going to go anywhere, but it is showing that the gun control politicians that are going after Second Amendment rights are using every tool at their advantage. Credit card companies. ATF, FT, uh, Federal Trade Commission for advertising. They're using every tool that they have, and we need to talk to our politicians and make sure that they know how we feel in regards to our Second Amendment rights, that our Second Amendment rights are not a- available for compromise. 
and that's something that we all need to do. All right, starting in some lighthearted stuff. Uh, the this comes to us from the Farms blog, uh, and it's titled TriggerCon 2022 goes Eastish. Uh, new location and dates are announced. Uh, it's going to be held in Kansas, October 7th and 8th. Uh, TriggerCon was you know canceled last year because it started up going towards the height of the resurgence of COVID last year. Uh, but it's going to be held at the Flint Oak Hunting Lodge in Fall River, Kansas. And uh, that's going to be some cool stuff. If you're in that area, uh, suggest you go. Something else that's cool, uh, and this comes to us from Recoil.com, uh, CanCon, which is obviously about suppressors. Uh, it's going to be held November 11th through the 13th uh, at the 17th South Rod and Gun Club in Savannah, Georgia. This is open to the public. Uh, that's something I actually might go to. Savannah's not too far of a drive for me. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, veterans get in for free, so come spend your Veterans Day at CanCon. Uh, Saturday night's VIPs uh, will have the opportunity to shoot suppress with night vision, goggles, clip-on night vision, optics, our lasers, tracers, and more. Uh, they'll have activities for kids, so it's a family-friendly uh, event. And then, so, but I mean, expect to see hundreds of firearms suppressors. That's cool shit. Uh, and the last news article before we get into the Gun Gear News and Reviews, uh, and this is about Gat, comes to us from Gat Daily, and I just wanted to highlight this because a lot of people don't know that September is National Preparedness Month. In my state, actually, they give uh, tax, they have a tax-free weekend for certain uh, National Preparedness things like generators uh, and, and other stuff. Uh, but, you know, preparedness is a huge thing that I think we need to, as... Uh, just responsible individuals, not even necessarily gun owners. Most gun owners are responsible individuals, but as responsible individuals, you need to be prepared for any type of event, which would be man-made or natural disaster. Uh, we need to have uh, plans and resources in place to protect ourselves, protect our loved ones, to make sure that we're not a burden on uh, already you know strained resources, maybe from a first responder uh, point of view. You know, if it's like if uh, you're caught in a flood, uh, you don't want to go uh, try and, and become somebody that needs to be rescued when there's probably already dozens of people that need to be rescued. So you need to prepare yourself for those things. Uh, you can go to ready.gov, which actually encourages the American population to do more preparedness stuff. And it has a bunch of different stuff. Uh, so things that you can, you know, probably do is maybe, you know, refresh your uh, bug out bag or your get home bag. Uh, if you have any stored food, maybe go through and check the expiration dates. Maybe make sure foods that have expiration dates uh, coming up quickly get moved to the front of your pantry so that way you can go ahead and get used for your normal stuff. Uh, and then you can keep adding, uh, you know, refreshing it, that kind of thing. Uh, check your batteries, check smoke detectors, CO2 detectors, uh, check uh, weather radios, uh, their batteries, make sure they're working, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, maybe start a fall garden, you know, that fall gardening time is coming up. Uh, all kinds of good stuff. So, you know, preparedness is, is a huge thing. Uh, I like to be prepared uh, when my neighborhood was hit with a tornado uh, some years back uh, it really came into my uh, into the front of my you know priorities that I need to be more prepared for natural disasters so that's something I wanted to talk about and uh, make sure everyone knows that September is National Preparedness Month 
So with that, let's go ahead and start wrapping up the main segment, start getting into the gun gear news and reviews. Well, there's a lot of cool shit that is coming out, so I definitely want to talk about it. Let's go ahead and talk about the first thing, which is the Christian Arms released the Modern Hunting Rifle. This comes to us from the Firearms blog. Uh, Christian Arms is known for making really good bolt-action rifles. Uh, it's going to come with an aluminum billet chassis, carbon fiber forearm with M-Lock, QD, and Picatinny mounts, uh, interchangeable grip modules, uh, adjust adjustable carbon fiber cheek risers, adjustable length of pull trigger, uh, just all kinds of stuff. But now I will say this, Christian Arms is proud of their shit. And this rifle's MSRP is $3,500. But I mean, for a lot of people, they uh, go big into their bolt guns. So I just kind of want to throw this out there for those that are interested in it. But for most people, this is kind of a, a non-starter. Uh, the next thing comes to us from guns.com. Uh, it's about the Taurus G uh, G4XL Long Slide Micro 9. So basically, I swear, Taurus, I think, um, has, like, fucking spies all along the firearms industry. Because this is basically almost like a copy of uh, SIG's new 365 Macro, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of. Honestly, I fucking just get a, a Glock 3, or not Glock 320, but a, a SIG 320 carry, or compact. It's basically the same thing. Um this right here is it's probably gonna sell just because unfortunately well not unfortunately there's a lot of people um, that need lower priced firearms because of their financial situation uh, but I will say this right here only comes with 13 plus one magazine and in a flush fit 11 plus one magazine uh, so it's not as much capacity as a uh, a uh, sig 365 macro uh, but the MSRP is 429 uh, and 459 respectively for the two different models. So it's uh, somewhat affordable, and uh, I'm, I'm sure a ton of people are going to fucking buy this thing. Uh, speaking of which, things that have been released that it, I was excited for, but then there was a lot of uh, kerfluffle on social media. Uh, and this comes to us from Ring, uh, Recoil and uh, the firearms blog Springfield announced their 2011 which they're calling a 1911 DS because uh, Staccato actually owns the patent for the name 2011 and they're calling it the Prodigy now it is coming in a four and a half inch and a five and a half, or a five inch model uh, both are um, optics ready and the two models come with an optic which is their hex uh, which is Springfield's optics uh, brand and it comes uh, with a 17 round mag and a 20 round mag now I'm not gonna lie I was excited when I first saw these uh, I actually entered into a couple of different like drawings uh, you know stuff uh, I know my local gun store had a giveaway with Springfield uh, and what really sucked balls is that uh, you know, I figured, oh, they're not going to give it away by like until like around two or three. So I get there like just a little bit before two, and I get in there. You check in. They send you a code to this gun safe, and you put in the code to the gun safe. And if it opens, you win it. 
the guy five guys in front of me won it i was so mad um and then i uh, you know another one to where like you you know check like hey like this um facebook post like this page like this page follow this page whatever the fuck you know you can win it uh and of course i didn't win it unfortunately so um but the 2011s from springfield looks really good i mean i really like the deep serrations uh it's the polymer frame as well uh it looks good but you know the initial uh reviews coming out from the content creators all said good things but of course now these are reviews that were you know they they were sent the guns before the release so that way they could have the release ready to go as soon as they were dropped and all those reviews were great but a lot of the people that went out and bought it that same week they're having about a 10% failure to feed or failure to eject uh, problem so it's got to be something to do I'm assuming with the magazines or the feed ramp now and something else that was gonna I forgot to say that was really cool in regards to this firearm is that it accepts all 2011 style magazines or most it says most I'm not gonna say all uh, it says except most 2011 style magazines so if you have staccato magazines uh, it will fit those but what's really nice about this as well is that the, the magazines are gonna be cheaper than staccato mags staccato mags like around 80 bucks their magazines they're selling for 20 bucks um, so that's pretty cool in my opinion I'm really looking forward for Springfield to hopefully get their shit together in regards to this and uh, you know these is gonna be a, a cheap version for uh, 2011 magazine you know 2011 rifles or god damn it 2011 pistols sorry uh, and the MSRP is not too terrible uh, you're looking at fifteen hundred dollars and then sixteen hundred dollars for the uh, say seven sixteen or seventeen hundred dollars for the optics uh, version that has already the optics on it. Sorry about that. Uh, I see. I, I'm looking at the recorder and I pressed the unmute button too fast. Anyway, all right. Going into the next thing. This comes to us from Recoil. Six-hour releases archery mode for the Kilo K series rangefinders. Uh, and again, like I just got a uh, bow for hunting this year, so I'm pretty excited uh, for archery hunting. Uh, I'm not planning on going out too far with my bow because honestly even with gun the furthest shot that you're probably going to have is going to be around 50 to 60 yards just because it's so thick here with uh, forest and brush so uh, I'm not looking at you know probably shooting out too far with a bow but uh, that's something that's cool for those that maybe are out more towards the west where you're going to have longer shots uh, the MSRP for the kilo line ranges are uh, $900 for the kilo and then the 5k uh, and then 2820 for the kilo 10k so this is something that's kind of cool I just want to throw out here uh, caveman uh, spark AR-15 crushed washers that change color when hot this comes just from the firearms blog uh, now this actually replaces your current crushed washer uh, around your muzzle device and they also make those little little like silicone uh, ring bands that go on your barrel as well but you know I'm sure I'm not the only person that has been burned from uh, black heat which is uh, you know when metal is hot and it's not like red hot but it's still hot enough that could probably burn the fuck out of you and black heat is pretty dangerous because of the fact that whereas uh, you know 
colored heat because you know it could be red, white, or orange when it gets its you know colored heat. Uh, you know, if you touch it to your skin, it literally slides right off. You know, your skin slides right off with the 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 hot metal. Black heat, uh, you know, it doesn't slide off your skin. Your skin technically could get stuck to that metal, and then you're just basically there along for the ride uh, until it's done burning you. That sucks balls. But it heats up past 131 degrees, uh, or 55 degrees Celsius for those. I know we have some listeners in Australia. And they stated that the intended uh, purpose was to warn shooters when the barrel is too hot. And this would be great, honestly, in my opinion as well, for um, like uh, suppressors. Uh, I would think this would be awesome for suppressors because that's something else that a lot of people touch and they don't realize that it's hot and then they end up getting burned pretty bad. And the price on these is not bad at all. Um, extended operation uh, over 450 degrees, though, can result in breakdown of the thermomechanic uh, properties. But, uh, you know, I think it was like around $15, 15 to $30 for one of these. And I thought it was, oh, no, sorry, 10 bucks. The the crush washers are 10 bucks. I think it was the silicone rings. You can get it for around like 15 30 bucks. Next thing uh, that we're going to talk about is Falco Holsters launches new uh, G200 series for concealed handgun bags. Uh, I like these because some of these bags, uh, you know, didn't look too over tactical. Uh, they had one that looks like just like a sling bag or like a fanny pack. And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, now, the prices though are a bit hefty. You're looking around like $100. Uh, the thigh carry bag or the like fanny looking pack one and I was talking about is 80 bucks but you're looking for normally around you know 80 to 100 dollars that's a little expensive for a fanny pack in my opinion but still pretty cool next thing uh, comes to us in the firearms blog it's Huxworks Blasphemy Blast Deflector uh, this thing looks pretty fucking sweet this is a, a n muzzle device and blast effector called the Blasphemy uh, and this is becoming a huge thing uh, to kind of get around some of the the noise from a uh, firearm you know instead of getting $200 suppressor tax stamp uh, you get these blast effect deflectors that deflect all the the blast away from you further downrange so it's gonna be loud as fuck downrange but it's it's keeping it away from your ears it can be used on firearms up to including a 338 caliber and the max uh, length is only three just a little over three and a quarter inches and it only comes in at six ounces and it's pretty neat looking um, I do not see it starts at 175 which isn't bad at all uh, I think that's pretty reasonable you're gonna spend that much on a nice muzzle brake anyway so I think that's pretty cool <clears throat> next thing comes to us from Ameline uh, Bighorn Armory introduces its first tactical lever action BAH or BHA model 89 Black Thunder uh, this thing looked cool up until the muzzle device. I'm not a huge fan of the muzzle device. Uh, it's going to be chambered in 500 Smith & Wesson Magnum, uh, which is a big fucking boom. It's uh, short with a 16 and a quarter inch barrel. And they just like threw all the shit on here. You got like a long ass uh, Picatinny rail up top. Then you got a, uh, a tri Picatinny rail on the sides and bottom closer towards the muzzle device and that muzzle device is insanely huge it, it's pretty big uh, but you're looking around $2,900 for this and I don't know a whole lot of people that are going to buy $2,900 uh, 
uh, ridiculous gun because that's all this really is. It's just something to, to be ridiculous. And the final product we're going to talk about tonight is the Smith & Wesson M9, uh, M&P 9M 2.0 Metal, which the M 2.0 stands for Metal. So Smith & Wesson has introduced a Metal M&P uh, 2.0 in the full-size uh, pistol configuration. It's going to come with a 4.25 inch barrel with the M 2.0 flat face trigger and 217 round magazines and it's slide cut for optics already which is good like I said I think anything that's not slide cut for optics already uh, you're wrong the M&P uh, you know the slide comes in uh, a Cerakote gray already which um, I don't know how I feel about that um, you know just make it black I guess I don't know it's a little too much two-tone for me uh, and I'm sorry that's not the slide the actual frame this metal uh, is silver it's still going to have the um, the different backings. I guess I, I, for some reason I'm, I'm not thinking of the word. Uh, it's going to have different backings, you know, for the grips, uh, which is one reason why I really love my uh, M&P Pro that I have. Uh, it's the most ergonomic gun in my person, you know, in my opinion. It feels best in my hand. Um, but the price tag is $900. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of that price tag, though. Uh, I think that they're probably just charging that much just because of the fact that they know that, um, you know, M&P fanboys are going to love it. It's going to be a big seller uh, in the first part, so we'll see how it goes. That's going to be the end of the gun culture news and reviews segment. Uh, let's go ahead and start getting into, or not, god damn it. That's going to be the, the gun Gear news and reviews. Let's go ahead into the gun culture segment and start writing. Well, we're going to do it a little bit different today. We're actually going to be talking about a book. Uh, I just read this book, and it was fairly interesting in my mind. Uh, I read, the, I got this book uh, just because um, I listened to a couple different podcasts about the Raven Twenty Three, and then with Eric Prince, and it was just a you know a different um, point of view that I was interested. You know, it made me more interested in Blackwater uh, and the Raven Twenty Three incident. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to kind of go ahead and say I'm not a uh, supporter, a huge supporter of the Iraq war. I think Saddam Hussein was a horrible person, but I also think that he was like a necessary evil for that part of the world because now we're seeing what's going on with Iran. Um, but, you know, the Iraq war brought about many different larger-than-life figures, and Arab Prince was definitely one of them. Uh, in the book that I read and I'm going to be talking about is called Civilian Warriors, The Inside Story of Blackwater and the Unsung Heroes of the War on Terror. And uh, this is written by Eric Prince, who is the founder and former CEO of Blackwater Incorporated. And pretty much everybody uh, that is probably older than 20 uh, knows who Eric, or who you know, Blackwater is. Blackwater uh, was pretty infamous during the Iraq war uh, for being a, a civilian contractor mercenary group um, you know but they were civilian contractors uh, because mercenaries uh, you know they kind of fight 
four countries in major combat, uh, whereas the civilian contractors from Blackwater, they did do uh, some fighting, but it was mainly uh, self-defense from in regards to being attacked uh, from their dignitary protection. And that's honestly what mainly uh, Blackwater was doing whenever they were overseas, is that they were protection for other civilian contractors, whether it be uh, civil engineer, food, logistics, whatever it may be, um, and then also for the State Department. The State Department was their main employer uh, for Iraq. And Eric Prince himself, uh, he's a former Navy SEAL. He got out of the Navy uh, whenever his uh, first wife was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and I'm not going to say that like I think Eric Prince is a great person. Um, I think he is a brilliant business and business person, and I think he does have a brilliant mind, but I don't think he's a great person. Uh, the fact that he cheated on his first wife when she had cancer uh, and got his girlfriend pregnant, and which ended up becoming his wife, uh, pregnant while his first wife, while dying with cancer, uh, who, you know, who they had kids with and everything, um, you know, it's kind of fucked up. But I also feel that Eric Prince and Blackwater was made a scapegoat for bad policy in Iraq. And uh, I think, again, you know, as we talk about how, you know, gun control activists will spin the narrative to make their point come across. And a lot of people in the mainstream media will go with that point because that's the, the narrative that's want to be pushed by their buddies in Washington, D.C. I feel that's what happened with Eric Prince and Blackwater. Um, it's a really good book. It's, you know, it doesn't have a whole lot about guns in it. It's more kind of like a political science and, um, you know, history kind of book in my opinion. Because this book actually came out in 2013. So it's almost 10 years old. Uh, but because, you know, I listened to some podcasts about Raven 23, which is the Blackwater group uh, that was eventually uh, uh, prosecuted and convicted for the uh, the incident in Iraq, which made Blackwater even that much more infamous, um, and then of course Eric Prince uh, himself was made infamous through Blackwater and the Raven 23 incident. Uh, but I believe Blackwater themselves, uh, as a company, uh, was probably the least nefarious. Uh, private contracting organization throughout the entire war on terror and the war on Iraq. Uh, I believe that there was way more nefarious organizations and companies uh, that were either there for uh, greed or uh, immoral reasons, I guess you could say, because a lot of people thought that, you know, a lot of people thought that Blackwater was immoral because of how they, what they did. And you see the videos, uh, you know, circulating through on social media where you know, Blackwater Humvees will be bumping into civilian, uh, you know, cars and, and stuff like that going down Iraq. But, you know, fucking V-bids were a huge thing back then. So you have to do what you got to do to make sure that you protected those people that you were in charge of protecting. And something that Eric Prince, I guess, boasts about, and which I think is impressive, just like I think how, you know... Uh, other things, but anyway, uh, Eric Prince states that you know they never lost a principal uh, under Blackwater, which is impressive, especially in Iraq because Iraq man was fucking jumping um, in the late 2000s, 
and uh, this is a good book. It is a very interesting book, and there are some scenes of you know war fighting in there uh, from where Blackwater uh, engaged in insurgents with the U.S. military in Iraq. And then also it gives you a lot of how the government can be used to be weaponized to go after certain people uh, because that's exactly what happened to him including the FBI, the ATF, and the IRS. Uh, so it just kind of goes to show how the government is not your friend because if you get on their bad side they're going to come after you with everything that they got and that's what they did to Eric Prince. And I think you should read this. You can get it for as little as 385 in paperback, which that's what I got. I got a paperback, uh, and it's is pretty good book. So check it out, Eric Prince. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, Civilian Warriors: The Inside Inside Story of Blackwater and the Unsung Heroes of the War on Terror. So that's gonna end the gun culture segment. Let's go ahead and wrap the show up. Business, all you gotta do. Yes, I'm getting a lot of loot. What's up? I beat a shot at you. <laughs> Quarter pound of mallet, that's a lot of boo. But I'm always holding gas like I just got a poop. Chopper, I'm a baller and I ain't got a hoop. Uh-uh. Chopper, cause I bought man, I know how to shoot. <laughs> Gave it to the end of beside the envy me. That's gonna be it for this episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I greatly appreciate you for listening in for another episode. I apologize again for missing the last one. We're gonna be getting back on schedule, I promise, uh, once life stops fucking over. Uh, fucking me over and, and getting back to normal but uh, go ahead and check out our social media that's where you can see what we're up to in between episodes uh, everywhere Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, Twitter, TikTok uh, YouTube 2A Lifestyle go ahead and check out our Patreon as the best way to support the podcast I greatly appreciate any support that you can give and we're going to start uh, doing a Patreon only audio podcast uh, and so be looking forward to that if you are a Patreon and if you want to get on that check us out on Patreon to a, li- to a lifestyle podcast on Patreon also go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to that's the best way to keep up with new podcasts as they come out and leave us a review is the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun related content on their podcast platform Spotify you can just leave us a 5 star review iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts whatever, it, whatever you want to call it uh, leave us a review and if you can just leave us a couple words uh, saying good podcast whatever the fuck uh, you know it really helps us out in the algorithm for uh, you know iTunes and that is the best way for people to find us when they're looking for that gun related podcast so I greatly appreciate all the support that you guys give and then until then keep on enjoying it and try to bring my crew back down I'll never stoop to that level to do that now I got a new cat This time I'm pulling two gats out with bullets I finally got something to shoot at now Let's see who got their city on lock Let's see who got the better aim with the clock Let's see who come out on top Let's see who really want their name in the street Let's see who wanna die at the same time as me And make ends meet Now was I blessed with a gift or cursed with a